Hey guys, Alex Lokes here for Classic Camera Revival, and we are going to be talking about something that we have never talked about on this show, if I can say correctly. We've never talked about Polaroid, right? Not, no. Not directly. So. No. Not to my recollection. Of yeah, course, I'm old and decrepit now, so I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll take also, a number, James. <laughs> Also, Get in line and not... take a number. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Dave, James, you beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> so we Snaps. are going to get instant. We are going to have the pleasure of introducing a brand new co-host to the team. So let's roll the introduction and make sure those rollers are clean. Welcome to the Classic Camera Revival, coming to you from the Greater Toronto-Hamilton region of Ontario, Canada. If you don't have gear acquisition syndrome now, you most likely will by the end of the episode. So before we get into the meat of the episode, we are going to introduce to you our brand new co-host. And if you have attended some Toronto Film Shooters meetups, um, you have met this wonderful individual. And we would like to welcome Chrissy Wu to the team. Greetings and salutations, everybody. Woo! <laughs> so we have had <laughs> the idea for an episode on instant photography in the wings for a while, and Wu is an absolute whiz when it comes to instant photography. She shoots um, Polaroid. She shoots Impossible Project. Um, she shoots Instax, and so we've just been waiting and waiting and waiting, and the time is finally right. So we are not going to start off with her, because we're not that mean. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, we are going to start off with a negative review, and that comes from John. Yeah, I'm not normally negative, you know. People might start saying I'm cynical or something. I wouldn't want that to happen. But I'm going to talk about the Fuji Instax Mini 90 Classic. And this is a camera. It uses like the, the mini size of the, uh, of the Instax Mini. And this is sort of a dichotomy of a review. I quite like the Instax film. I like the color saturation. I think it's black and white stuff is interesting. Um, I like the concept of their of their square, but where I feel they're letting down the side, Fuji is the quality of their cameras. Like it's, mm. you know, it's the uh, the the Instax Mini ninety is a nice looking camera. You know, sort of the brushed, air quotes metal, and the uh, and the the plastic leather looks better on a screen than it does in, in your hands. And I just wish the camera had a bit more flexibility. I wish it had a faster lens. Um, it would be nice to see a, a more of a pro camera that could take advantage, that could really exploit what I think the Instax film could do. When when the Instax released their uh, their monochrome or their uh, sort of their their square which is pretty close to six centimeters on a side. My first thought was, oh, I wish there could be a Hasselblad back for it. Mm. So, so yeah, so Fuji, you're knocking it out of the park with the film, 
but you're letting down the side by not either getting someone to build a back or releasing a higher-end camera that would really make this stuff shine. So get your act together. <laughs> totally, and I completely agree. That Instax Mini is just such a fun format. Um, I mean, there are people out there who have not touched photography at all, not touched film photography, and they're all shooting with Instax Mini. And again, at your uh, daughter's wedding, yeah. there, John, yeah, everyone that, was working with that little camera. Yeah, and I ended up giving it to uh, to my daughter at the end of the evening. Said, "You can keep it. You'll you'll because I hardly ever used it." But for events like that, that that format is great because you're getting people interested in the physical, tangible aspects of photography. It's what makes film great is to have something in your hands. Definitely, definitely. Totally agree. Like, say what you want about about Fuji and other, you know, other areas, but Instax is the best way to reduce our constant obsession with digital dust. You know, oh, like, definitely. You know, it's so nice to like have a keepsake with some, you know, to, to take with you, and you still get that instant gratification as well. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I actually like. Yeah, I'm a big fan of having like the Instax cameras, especially at like bigger events. So like John, like you said, like your daughter's wedding, because it's just, I don't know, I think it's just something like fun. And because it doesn't seem so like, well, I guess maybe now it's a little bit more common because it seems like, so like, oh, it's not a cell phone. It seems kind of fun. So I don't know. I always enjoy that ability of just like taking photos or just like having people just enjoy themselves and watching the film develop. So yeah. that's the best part. Like when was the last time you saw someone got get excited over a selfie? <laughs> exactly exactly so from the um from the modern to the downright weird um polaroid um produced several cameras um and one of them was the 600 se and it's not the 600 that you think about james no it is not the 600 that you think about the this is the uh polaroids um I guess, partnership with Mamiya. Um, so the 600SE basically uses the same body as the uh, Mamiya Universal Press Camera. Uh, it's basically a brick. Uh, it's just a, it's a, it's a vertical rectangle, essentially, with a, with a lens on the front of it um, and a, uh, a sheet film holder in the back. Uh, the 600SE... Um, is known for uh, extremely sharp uh, images because it's really high quality Mamiya glass that sits on the front of it. Um, mm -hmm. It's um, like the, the sharpness and uh, of, of the pictures for instant film. Like uh, I've always found like shooting um, like my SX-70 or my Spectra, I always am willing to kind of accept a little bit of, uh, of softness in the image, just being like an instant, uh, an instant photograph. But with the 600SE, the sharpness of the, uh, the image quality is spectacular. Uh, it's a really cool camera. Um, it, uh, it's a it, it came uh, available uh, with three lens options. So uh, essentially, uh, it's uh, a normal lens, which is the one I have, which is 127 millimeter f4.7. Um, it came with a wide angle option as well with the 75.56. 
and a portrait option, which is a 15556. Uh, they're all bayonet mount lenses. I'm not sure if there is an equivalent um, Mamiya uh, mount uh, for it. Um, I think it's completely proprietary. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely unique. I, I get. I think right, definitely unique to the camera. Um, it shoots three and a quarter by four and a quarter uh, uh, pack film, uh, including the six six nine and six ninety film, um, and the six six four and six six seven. If you can still find those films, of course, uh, mm -hmm. I managed to uh, to maintain a, a half decent stockpile of FP one hundred C and three thousand B. So I think I've got about twenty five packs or so, twenty five or thirty packs still. Um, and nice. I, I keep meaning to go out and shoot this, um, uh, uh, for fall, uh, for fall photography, especially that could be FP one, uh, FP 100 C stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, uh, it's really good. It, it's definitely a tripod camera. Um, it's a slow lens, of course, being, uh, uh the 127 that I have is a 4.7. So, um, the lens itself, the shutter, it's a Copal shutter and has, uh, an X-Sync, um, uh, a PC coupler on it. Um, I think it's uh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, it's a standard uh, PC coupler on the on the shutter. Um, really cool camera. To what I do with this camera, if I'm shooting if I'm shooting portraits with it, is I'll put a um, uh, a remote uh, radio trigger uh, on it, and then just have my flash off axis on the camera, and you get some really stunning results, especially with. Uh, the 3000B, and it would be really nice if, if we could find some FP100B uh, still kicking around because that, that black and white film was uh, was Oh, that was good stuff. Yeah. Um, great camera. It, um, it has a... Uh, the, the body that I have, I'm not sure uh, how, you, how the focusing cam would work with a 75 or if it's a different body. Uh, my particular model has uh, a switch in the back to adjust the focusing cam. Uh, it's essentially a rangefinder, by the way. Um, right. uh, so it has a focusing cam built in, and mine has a slide, a sliding switch in the back to switch the cam from one ninety, or sorry, one twenty-seven to one fifty. But I don't see it doesn't have a seventy-five millimeter setting, so I'm not sure uh, exactly how that would work with the rangefinder, or if it's a different uh, body altogether. Uh, the back is removable, and um, of course, the lens is interchangeable as well. And it comes with a nice little uh, grip on the uh, on the left hand side of the camera as well. Um, definitely, uh, it is. I would say the Rolls Royce of uh, of instant uh, uh, film photography. Mm, definitely, but a bit of a pain in the neck to use. Yeah, it is not the most user friendly thing. Um, and again, you're going to want to use a tripod with it. Um, and they're rather costly too. Um, I, I was lucky. I saw, I joined the realms of, uh, of Alex Lux here. This was gifted to me by my, uh, one of my nice. good friends who's a photographer. So it cost me absolutely zero. And the going rate for one of these things is anywhere from 600 to a thousand dollars. Could I now, jump in? I was going to yeah. jump in and suggest that, yeah. uh, the Mamiya universal is pretty much the same camera. Uh, but what you add, and it's much, much cheaper. You just have to find the back for it because it takes all kinds of backs. Yeah, absolutely. Same glass. Yeah. Same mount. Well, I, I think the 600, I think the 600 SE for reasons only known to Polaroid made a point of make, of making sure that theirs was slightly incompatible. 
Yeah, probably. Yeah. We've never seen uh, companies do that before. Polaroid, the apple of the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, yeah, definitely. They they did think differently, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm wondering, you know, I haven't checked the market price recently, but I guess with the shortage of the film, I would imagine that um, uh, the price should have come down by now. But honestly, I haven't checked. Well, you know, that'll probably um, stay pretty steady, providing that um, uh, Florian Caps can uh, get instant um, type 100 film back on the uh, market again. That would be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Now, Polaroid and I have a weird little bit of a relationship. I've gone through times where I've shot a lot of it, and I can honestly blame the FPP for that one. Um, back when they were pretty much the Polaroid photography podcast back through, I think, their first few years um they were pretty heavy on the polaroid side of things and i invested heavily in the early impossible project and then i just stopped um a lot of the cameras are older the sx70s um the older 600s they're getting on in years they're just breaking um but the one polaroid camera that i got um that given me a bit more interest was the polaroid one now we all know the sci-fi look of the polaroid spectra with the sort of looks like something that luke skywalker would use in star wars um it is essentially a polaroid spectra in, that accepts type 600 integral film and this is a beautiful camera it was one of the last ones ever produced by the original polaroid company um, has a glass lens, it pops up, well-constructed, well-built. And the nice thing is it's fairly young. It was released in the early 2000s, just before they went under. And I still think you can buy new in-box um, stocks of it. So it's just a great entry into Polaroid. Um, the best part is we still have Polaroid Originals, formerly Impossible Project, and their current batch of 600 film is stunning, both the color and the black and white. And it folds down. It's nice and compact, very sleek, fits very well in the hand, um, very easy con- to control. Like I said, very similar layout to the Spectra. Um, just a great little camera to uh, pick up if you want to get into Polaroid photography. Um, but speaking of Polaroid originals, they have finally um, followed through on their promise and have produced a brand new camera. And it takes a page out of the history of Polaroid. And to give us a little bit more, Chrissy. Hey, yo. So, uh, yeah, so I guess today I'm going to be talking a little bit about the, was it the One Step Two, I believe it's called? Yep. And. Usually when you think of like a Polaroid camera, you have this kind of like the classic look of like, you know, the big white boxy kind of camera. There's like a bit of an angle on the back and the bright red button. So you know that that don't press the red button. This is really the the button that you want to press. Um, And so I think Polaroid original or impossible projects, you guys might have to correct me or have to fact check me on this one. I think came out in 2017. They came out with. Right. Yeah, I think it's a 2017. 
they came up with um, essentially the one step two. So it same look, same feel as the original uh, Polaroid camera, only this one has like a bit of like a, a digital flair to it. So some things that you don't see or some things you see on this one versus like kind of like the the original camera, so to speak, is uh, this one is you can like charge it with like a USB, like a micro USB cord. Um, other things that they have in it as well is that there is like a flash suppressant. So if you don't want to take a photo with like a flash, you can not shoot with a flash, which is also kind of fun and kind of exciting in its own little way. But the nice. other thing I kind of really like about the, um, the One Step 2 is that they take the iType film. And I, as Alex has mentioned earlier, I, I really love Polaroid, but Polaroid is a bit on the pricier side of things. <laughs> um, so just having the option of being able to shoot something that's a, I'm going to use this word very generously, a little bit more economical, so to speak. It's, it's just nice to have the option. And uh, yeah, so basically you think of the, the classic Polaroid camera. Um, the functions are all pretty much the same. Um, it shoots the, the classic square image. I think it's just like a tiny bit bigger than the Instax Square. Um, I haven't shot with Instax Square, but like if I remember correctly, I think the Instax Square, John, you said it's like, it's like six inches or six centimeters. Six by I six, think, pretty close. Six by six. I think the Polaroid is like just like a tiny bit bigger than that. Um, so... I don't know. I've always enjoyed kind of like that that classic retro-ish look. And uh, the one thing I kind of like that Lomography did, I noticed that they did this with the uh, the Lomo Instant, and they kind of brought this back with the um, the One Step Two. Is that there's like a bit of a hack that you can do, so you can do multiple exposures as well. But that just takes a little bit of kind of like trial and error. <laughs> yeah, always been so, a fan of like the Polaroids. You mentioned um, iType film. Um, mm -hmm. So that is specific to Polaroid Original. What sets it apart from your average Type 600 or SX-70 films? Um, my understanding is that the original, uh, like the original like pack film, um, um, the battery was actually in the actual film like holder itself. And what sets the iType film a little bit differently is that it doesn't really have that like in there. So that's why the iType oh, film, nice. unfortunately, you can only use it in like the Polaroid One Step Two. If you try right. putting it into like a like the classic like your camera uh, will not work. it will not work and then you'll be very sad because that's twenty dollars <laughs> that is unusable. Not that I've done that three times. Uh, <laughs> oh, not <dear>. the point. <laughs> but label your you stuff, can, my friends. Yeah. At least you can um, you can pull the uh, pack out. And because the dark slide hasn't ejected yet. Yeah, so that's the good thing about that. But yeah, so that's kind of like the main difference. Uh, the eye type, like you said, you can only really use it with the one step two. Um, and yeah, it's just like it's just like a little bit different, I guess. But it's still the same. the The film results are still the same, whether or not you use like the Impossible Project or sorry, the Polaroid Original Film, like the regular one versus the eye type. I find them there. There's very it's little difference between the two the of them. Same yeah. Nice. Nice, nice. Now, the one person we haven't heard from uh, tonight is Bill. Um, so, Bill, as someone who has never shot Polaroid, put yourself in the shoes of someone who wants to shoot Polaroid and go ahead and ask a question. Okay. Uh Hi, everyone. Uh, as uh, Alex has alluded, I have never really shot Polaroid. So a couple of questions I have on my mind is, uh, well, the obvious being, where do I start? 
what format should I look at? And also uh, the, the, the other big thing is you do get an instant print. Uh, what's a good way of printing, scanning and printing these much bigger? Like, I mean, do a really good job of blowing it up to like say a two foot by two foot print, for example, for, for a gallery. Hmm. That's actually a pretty good question. Um, well, what you do is you try to find where you can use the 16 by 20 Polaroid camera. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they make film for that anymore. No. <laughs> well, not with that attitude, they don't. I'll actually, I'll actually jump in. There's one thing that I used to do, which would give you a very big negative, was with the, uh, the FP100C, the color stuff. There is a technique for reclaiming the negative. So yeah, you know, I heard that that uh, and I used like to do bleach it. Pro, it was a bleach process, yeah. and then you can go from there. And did that produce a color or a black and white negative? That that produces color. Now the oh, thing okay. is, it's it's sort of a lo-fi kind of retro, sometimes ah. a bit unpredictable, mm -hmm. but. Uh, if, a if life is bought full of box of chocolates yes. kind of deal. Yeah, if ah. but if if you if if you like the look, you know, this is an awfully big negative. Yeah. Mm. Um yeah, even the, uh, the the SP one hundred C, right? Yeah, yes, the color. Yeah, yeah, the you color. Could, you could do the same trick with um the one hundred B as well. Um, the 3000, I think you can do it with. There's a different trick for the 3000 because yeah. you can't separate it. So you have to make sure that, that you develop the print to completion. And then when you, when you peel it apart, uh, because like the negative portion will still be wet, you have to find somewhere where you can store it carefully to let it dry. And then what you do is, um, you, you can also sort of peel off the edges, like little plastic tapey bits and you get a nice mm -hmm. sort of vintage look let it dry you scan it and then you invert the scan and you get an amazing retro look oh, oh it's a it's a neat way to do it yeah i've i've researched it a little bit um you basically use bleach and scrub it off and then like rinse it off or something that's for the 100 c because you're basically yeah. it's a the 100 c you have to very carefully like with a fingertip you wash the the goop off the uh the negative side the emulsion side then what you do is you get a flat piece of glass and yeah. you, with some masking tape, you tape it emulsion side down so you get this black backing up. And it's just yeah. lamp black. And then you get a soft brush and and bleach and wash it off under under uh, running water. Yeah, so it's like basically Polaroid's version of Remjet, I guess. You got it. Basically. Oh, interesting. And I, what I, I, if I recall correctly, what I read is that you overexpose it just a touch, like half a stop, quarter of a stop or something like that, because the negative's a bit darker. I actually just shot it at air quotes box. Okay. I was going to say, I've heard about the, yeah, because I've heard about uh, scanning the, the 100 or the 1000, um, the B1. And if you shoot at box, and then um, you should be able to like wait for it to dry. And then you should be able to pr uh, scan the um, the negative of it. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard of that one, but I, I think if you just do it at like the box speed, it should be it should be like okay. 
Yeah. yeah. And and have we answered Bill's question, which we said, here's one way to get a bigger print. I don't think we've addressed the rest yeah. of it. No. I, I've scanned um, some spectra images, like some spectra uh, positives, I guess, like the, the actual yep. film itself. Uh, obviously, you got to switch your scanner to reflective mode rather than transparency. Um, I've had a, I, I, I got to say, I wasn't overly happy with the results, but I honestly didn't put too much time into it. But one of the challenges that I find with scanning it is it's glossy, right? So it reflects a lot of light back into the, uh, uh, back in, I get into the scanner, um, bar or reader or whatever, whatever it's called. Yep. Um, so I did notice like, um, like a little sort of washed out kind of contrast, I guess. And I'm assuming because, uh, it's the halation from the, uh, uh, from the LED lights in, in the scanner bar, but uh, reflecting back down. But yep. I don't know. I've not really spent too much time on it. Maybe someone yeah. can help us out. When it comes to Polaroid, um, the one thing with any of the Polaroid I shot, whether it's the Type 100 pack film or the Instant Integral film, that is 600 I-Type SX-70 Spectra, um, I don't like to see them blown up and reprinted. Um, let them speak for themselves in the format they are and build a narrative from that. Like make a story out of the eight frames you get in a pack from Polaroid originals and just frame them all in one custom frame and hang that on the wall and show the originals. Right. It's, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, I tend to agree. Like, yeah, you know, I, I pretty much agree with that, yeah. Yeah, the medium is the is the product, essentially. With That's right. Photography. That's I think right. it's that entire idea that, you know, you have, like, kind of, like, the one shot, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, as opposed to, well, I guess it's the same with, like, the 35 or, like, the 120 of your regular analog cameras. But, like, mm -hmm. because this one's so instantaneous, it really is just, like, oh, this is, like, kind of, like, my one shot. I can kind of see what it looks like right afterwards. And you kind of, like, like Alex yeah. just kind of, like, build a narrative about that. And one of the things I kind of like, um, I've done, like, the 365 with, like, Polaroids or with the Instax. I've done, like, a couple different projects. But one thing that I like... And it's kind of because, like, we're in Toronto and TIFF's happening right now is that usually there's, like, one person that does just, like, Polaroid photos of, like, the uh, the artists and the directors that come by. And that's what they do. They just kind of, like, build an entire narrative of, like, whoever, like, kind of walks by the studio, have them, like, sign it, maybe have, like, a little story. So just, like, the idea of just, like, no, here's just, like, something fun. Here's a shot. Let's build a narrative about, like, what's going on here. So what's happening? People are coming in for, like, TIFF or, like, for the festival or just to enjoy themselves and just kind of, like, seeing, like people just kind of enjoy themselves, enjoy themselves in the moment. I think is what I'm trying to say in the most eloquent <laughs> way I can. And also the simple fact is, is that the days of printing your negatives from Polaroids is long over because they no longer produce type 55, which that was sucks. a beautiful, beautiful Polaroid film that I had the chance to shoot. And it was designed for four by five cameras. And you not only got a print, but you got a proper negative at the same time. Now, New 55 um, did something similar, and you can still get on a limited basis some of that film, but I personally never got the stuff to work, ever. 
Hmm. Now, when it comes to cameras and Polaroid, this is where you have to really get um, specific and, again, addressing Bill's question of where to start. As much as you want to get an original rainbow white Polaroid one-step, avoid, avoid, avoid. They were cheaply made. They were $20 when they were new. They're cheap plastic. They're cheap electronics from the 70s. And there's a good chance you will spend a lot of money on a brick. Um, Great cameras to start with is a Polaroid Spectra or a newer Type 600. Or if you have the cash, go for a one-step two. Any other suggestions? Um, I kind of... I kind of agree with you on that. Um, I do agree that like the original Polaroids, as, as pretty as they are, they weren't exactly uh, the most well-constructed. Um, but really what I would say is that if you have a friend, if you're like really interested in photography, I mean, there were, Polaroid cameras were super popular like in their heyday, I guess. They're still kind of in their heyday now. But like, if you can, if you're like, oh, I'm really interested in, in like trying out Polaroid, just like see if you could borrow one from a friend or just like see whether or not there's like kind of like test the waters. If you can, Absolutely. that way you have like a feel for it. You maybe just had to pay for a, a pack of film. Um, if you just want to try just like instant photography in general and like you, I would say even just get like the Instax mini just so you can kind of like have a feel for it. Just sort of like, yeah, you can have an idea. It's like, okay, so this is the process. Mm-hmm. Do I enjoy this process of like, you know, like taking a photo, waiting and seeing like how it develops like this. I know it's not quite the same quality um as like the polaroid original and it's like it's going to be like a little there's going to be little differences here and there but like i'm a big i'm a big like believer of like uh kind of like boring things before you try it or like uh trying out i don't think there's anything wrong with trying like out like the mini version and then before like maybe like looking farther into it especially because like perfect example john's uh john's uh, daughter's wedding he had like a little camera right there and then he just gave it to his daughter so i was like if you want to play with it you can play with it so like that type of idea and the great thing about you know even though i don't like the instax camera much if just for trying out it's it's a new camera if you buy one it's under warranty when was the last time any of us bought a camera that was under warranty exactly silence (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I'll say the silence was deafening. So, any other questions, Bill? That's pretty much it. So I wish I had anything more to say, but again, also I've noticed. Uh, actually, I do have. Um, I've noticed there's been some scuttlebutt around the campfire about peel up, peel back, uh, instant film coming back. Yes. Now is that the real deal or are they kind of like a point they're going to sell it and again what sort of camera would you get for that film well let me just take a look here i can tell you the last thing i heard about it it was probably about six months ago so uh i think this was like florian and lomography were kind of getting together on something Mm -hmm. and um what they were doing was they were going to create one shot peel apart film uh, that was like kind of in this cardboard, like folded sort of holder cartridge, I think. Something yes. like that. And I, I heard this on, I think FPP had them on. It, was, it was had, I guess it's probably been 
nine to 12 months ago now. So honestly, I haven't been following it um, because frankly, one shot of uh, instant sheet film kind of, you know, I, I, I don't know what it's going to cost, but, um, but I can't, I don't know, like it just, I guess the concept befuddles me, I suppose. Okay. So, um, the, um, so Florian Katz or Doc, um, he was one of the, um, folks behind Impossible Project when they got started. And he, I believe he stepped away from the company and basically worked on trying to get, um, Type 100 pack film back. And they started a Kickstarter campaign that was successful to create something along the same lines as the Type 100. Um, but not in the sense like the original, the Fuji stuff and the original Polaroid stuff where you had a pack with multiple sheets of film. Instead, it looks like it's a holder that you basically load a single shot in. It's not cheap, um, and they are still working on it. But like, like the Impossible Project, they are starting from nothing. Fuji has said nothing, um, and basically he's using the same brawn that basically brought instant integral film back from nothing. Um, they probably got a bunch of stuff from new 55 and cat labs who tried to bring back, um, color pack film and it ain't cheap. <laughs> I think like you get, um, six sheets of film and it's like 10 to $15 a pop. But the nice thing is, is that it will make use of all the type 100 cameras out there. So these are the automatic land cameras that have the bellows and the range finders and just have this classic Polaroid look. Um, the ones to really look for are the auto 250 um, because it has glass optics and the rangefinder is actually built by Carl Zeiss. And even though they take a non-standard battery, they're very easy to convert to AAA, either three or two, depending on your model. And yeah, it's a wild project. I backed it on Kickstarter, mm -hmm. but I just basically said here's my money i don't want your product i don't shoot that format anymore and so this is not going to be a substitute or replacement for like the fuji pack film then no this is completely be, different yeah like the the old the, the 100 through 600 or 700 800 whatever they were land cameras it'll work in those cameras yeah but it will be a different animal yeah um, that's the, I think that was kind of my thought when I heard the podcast on the FPP, uh, like lovely idea. And I would certainly back it, but, um, you know, not really a format that I could see myself sinking my teeth into really. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I'm with you. It's honestly, I think it's time has passed. And um, it's great that some people just don't want to let it go, but I, I frankly am done with it. I don't have any more cameras. I don't intend to buy any more. I hear you. Mm-hmm. I got to empty the stable. I have far too many shelf queens. Stand by for a sale list coming up. Yeah. Bill, any other questions? That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Oz, have we sold you on instant on instant film yet? Not yet. I, I I've <laughs> kind of sort of. Here's the thing. I've kind of like I'm 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 essentially a 35 millimeter and 120 shooter. Uh, instant is something I wouldn't mind trying out someday. But will I drop a ton of money and? go deep down the rabbit hole i don't know well bill if you ever want to take the plunge i'll lend you my spectra and a box of film knock yourself out okay there we go there the first go. one's free kid <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the way it always free. works again james tried to get me with four by five where i burned that one sheet of I think it was FOMO 100. <laughs> well, the Spectre weighs about one quarter of a pound, so it's not too bad. Oh, it's the it's the anti-speed graphic. <laughs> yeah, oh, totally. <laughs> well, I think that wraps it up for this episode. Um, my name's Alex Lokes, and if you don't have the Polaroid Swinger jingle in your head now, well, you probably do now, and I am not sorry that you do. It's Bill Smith. Yeah, shake that uh, Polaroid. Uh, it'll develop soon. And uh, yeah, until next time. This is James Lee. Um, you got to be careful um, uh, when shooting between the sheets. Don't pull it apart too quickly. That's no fun. Oh my gosh. I, I got nothing to guess. Myself from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got nothing. I got nothing for you guys. My puns are, my pun game is weak. We have you to guys, say who you, guys you are, did a great though. Job. I had to say who I am. I don't want to say who I am. Uh, <laughs> this is Chris. <laughs> this is uh, Chris. I got I got no puns right now. You guys did a great job, like a boss. This is John Meadows. In instant photography, like many things in life, if you want instant gratification, it can cost a lot of money. Ooh. <laughs> Truth hurts. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs>